More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, rolling through the Thursday edition of the program. Uh, We might need to talk about this in a little bit. Uh, This is pretty wild. There are reports out there, um, and I just sent this to Buck because I'm just reading it myself, and this has come up in the last 30 minutes or so. The New York Post, Buck, is reporting that at a fundraiser in New York City, uh, the billionaire's, no surprise, house, Joe Biden um, repeated his statements And he was talking about why he decided to run. You know, he's telling the very fine people why. He's been telling this story for a long time about why he decided to run for president. He told that entire story, according to the report. And then a couple of minutes later, came back and told the entire story all over again, as if he had not told it the first time. Again, Mm -hmm. this New York Post story that is up, that has gone up in the last uh, 30 minutes or so, Buck, I mean, anybody who has got an elderly family member, you probably have experienced this with grandpa or grandma or great-grandpa or great-grandma. The short-term memory is not what it once was. And one of the clear signs of dementia is when you tell a story and then seem to have completely forgotten that you told the story and tell it all over again. And that is the report that is out there from the New York Post about this fundraiser Wednesday night in New York City at a billionaire's house. I, I This is why, Buck, I just keep coming back to. I don't see any way that they can hide Biden from the reality of his deteriorating mental status. Now, you can say, look at Fetterman, they're not going to care. Democrats will vote for him anyway. I think when 75% of people don't think he has the mental or physical ability to be president, there is going to be, and I don't claim to know what it is, he's already fallen on the stage at Air Force. They had to change the steps on Air Force One to try to keep him from falling down the stairs, going up and down uh, the, the stairs as has already happened. 
He may have an awful fall in the White House trip, fall, break his arm. We know Mitch McConnell has had this happen where Mitch McConnell fell and had a concussion. But I think there's going to be a public event. And I don't claim to know when it is. But if we're sitting here in mid to late September and we know it's 14 months until the election, I think Biden is going to have an incident like Mitch McConnell had where he freezes in front of the cameras where he's going to have an incident. Something is going to happen, Buck, that is so bad, I think it's going to be considered reckless for him to run. And let me just say this. that It's one thing to say, like, you're John Fetterman is not able to do the job of a United States senator. But the reality is, as one of a hundred United States senators, while his power is substantial, it's not, hey, what do we do if China invades Taiwan level substantial? He's not even a governor where he's got executive authority that matters. He's not really much of a decision maker. I think when I see this story, I mean, that's pretty crazy, Buck, to be up in front of that high end of an audience and not realize the story. I'm sure you saw the video also of Biden. It appeared that he forgot to shake the hands of Brazil's president. Did you see the way he, like, the guy can't get off stages now. Uh, He waved to the media, but the Brazilian president is standing there, like, clearly waiting for him to shake his hand. He could have really made it a show. You know how sometimes you ever see athletes when, like, you get caught, like, giving a fist pound or giving a high five, you now will give it to yourself, like, you know, kind of give yourself a high five or give yourself a fist, fist pound. It's kind of funny. The Brazilian president could have done that and really drawn a lot of attention to it. But this is scary. This is getting to the point where it's beyond scary and I think moved firmly into total recklessness that this guy is in any way in the position that he is. I mean, I think we're definitely at that point of of recklessness. That much is is clear. I just don't know if it really changes. I mean, I, I can tell you what they're going to say. They're going to say, oh, you know, Joe, is he's, he does, he's tired. He's done so many of these things. He's... I just don't I don't see how based upon a gaffe, you have to remember Joe Biden's whole career is built on gaffes. Yeah. Joe Biden's whole I mean, and that's way before he was somebody where senility and dementia were even considerations. And we have effectively been told this whole time that Joe Biden uh is a guy who sometimes goes off into Never Neverland and says some weird stuff. And that's just good old Joe being Joe. Now, it's obviously gotten worse. It's more apparent. People can see what's going on and understand this. But, I mean, you know, Clay, I just, so what What happens, right? I mean, it, we've always said there's the possibility that Biden, for true health reasons, would have to step down and they would just rally behind Kamala. I mean, that's why you have a vice yeah. president. That's true of any president. So that is possible. But short of something like that, I just don't think they really have options here. I, I don't think they really have another way to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I understand is... I understand that argument. I just, this is their fear, right? This, this is deep down the Democrat fear. It is that Joe Biden becomes, and this is why the timing, this is why last week was so important, Buck, because they know, keep this in mind. This is so important for everybody out there. We only have access to Joe Biden for like 2% of the day, right? They keep him out of the public eye for like all but 2% of the day. 
Imagine how bad he is behind closed doors. You asked the question, you know, and we said, hey, James Clyburn could move. You'll really know that people are making the move to move on from Joe Biden, Buck, when suddenly all of these stories, which are 100% certainly happening, about Joe Biden's mental problems start to come out in the news. Because you know, if just based off the 2% of the day that we see Joe Biden, Buck, if we see him fall down, coming down the stairs, if we see him fall, trip and fall on the stage, if we see him try to talk to a dead congresswoman, if we see him now in this uh, in this uh, fundraiser tell the exact same story a couple of minutes apart, we're only seeing 2% of public Joe Biden. I mean, they hide him off at the beach. Imagine what Jill Biden has seen. Um, and, and, and honestly, that is indefensible. Because imagine what she has seen as the wife of Joe Biden and what she's heard him say and what that would do. If you knew, if every single person listening to us right now knew what Jill Biden knew, there is a 0% chance that Joe Biden, I believe, would still be the president of the United States. Like, I'm sure she has seen and heard Joe Biden do so many dementia-riddled things that it is like terrifying to contemplate that he's making choices. <laughs> I, I look, I agree with you, and I think I think the uh, entirety of the audience agrees with you. I just look at this as, yet here he is; he's the president. He's shown no no indications that he's going to step down. There was a an op ed in the New York Times a few days a few days ago. I forget who the author was that was effectively saying. The chance that Joe Biden is going to walk away from this is like zero. Okay, yeah. like Joe Biden's whole it. life is about power. There's no way all of a sudden he's going to say he's oh, got the most. The- yeah, the most power. He's not going to give it up. Yeah, he's, he's not about to walk away from the presidency. Okay, that's not going to happen. And and I also think right now it's easy for us in a in a primary mindset. Well, we're kind of not in a primary mindset, but we're still in the midst of a primary. To look over at Joe Biden and say he's so senile, this is so ridiculous, he can't handle, you know, he can't do anything. And what they're going to say, or what the ads are going to sound like on this, is Donald Trump's basically Biden's age. And now we can say as people that like Trump and yeah. voted for Trump, oh, but he's so much more cognitively there and with it, and so much more. Yeah, all true. He certainly also looks, he looks, you know, ten or fifteen years younger than Biden. But let's put that aside. Um. That's going to nullify a lot of this, I think, for people. They're going to say you yeah. got two really old, you know, because the polls say that a lot of people feel they're both too old. Now, Trump true believers don't feel that way. The Republican base doesn't feel that way. But I think Democrats are willing to roll the dice on independent voters and say, you know, one guy's 82, one guy's 78. This is what the people want. Let's see who wins. I mean, I, I look, I always leave open the possibility that I could be totally wrong on this and there's some master scheme in the background that they're, I just I just don't see it, man. I think this is where they're they're gonna run with it no matter what. Here's where I just I can't believe. If I am Jared Polis, right? Polis, the governor of Colorado, who as Democrats go seems to be fairly reasonable. If I am Gretchen Whitmer and I am nakedly ambitious and I am already tapped out, right? I'm governor second term. And I know that I would not be 
first tier necessarily in 2028 when everybody decides that they want to run for president. Why wouldn't you run? Honestly, if I were the governor of Colorado right now, why do they have some great loyalty to Joe Biden? I think it's easier. This is my argument. I could be totally wrong, but just think about it. Think about it. If your goal was to be president of the United States, what is easier? Running against Kamala Harris, which you would have to do in 2028, a black woman in an identity politics riddled Democrat party, if you're a white guy, or even if you're a white woman, or running against old white guy Joe Biden and saying the election is too important to leave it to an 82-year-old. Republicans are running Donald Trump. Democrats need to put forward a younger alternative to Trump and a guy who can serve two terms. I don't understand why those guys, if I were the governor of Colorado right now and I was a Democrat, why do I care what the party thinks about me? I'm I'm somewhat clear, Buck, in general. You got to look at this from from the other side, though. Look at what the Republican Party's doing. Our guy's 78. He can only serve one term. And he's up, you know, 50 points in the polls. So the the argument that that, that the Democrat would make against Biden hasn't compelled the Republicans not to make it. And I think that that affects the way this goes. Well, I think the difference is Republicans actually like uh, Trump. And I understand some of you are like, I hate Trump. Trump has been very popular with Republicans. Joe Biden's an accidental president. If you look at the polling, 75% of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to be the nominee. Why? If your goal is to be president of the United States, and you are sitting right now and you're the governor of Colorado, you're the governor of of Michigan, now's the time to go. If all this is true, why haven't they? Why hasn't it changed? I, this the is only the fundamental think, question. I, I, it's here's where I wonder: Am I crazy? And I think everybody out there, every now and then, you should ask yourself: Are you crazy? What am I missing? Like the calculus is so clear to me that if you are a somewhat successful Democrat governor right now, and you want to be president of the United States. You are never going to have a better chance. You get in the ring against Joe Biden, basically one-on-one. You got Marianne Williamson. You got RFK Jr. Okay, but they're not traditional candidates. It's a probability game, right? If there are 25 people who are running, any one individual candidate has, what, a 4% chance? Now, everybody's got different percentages and everything else, but it's harder to knock your way through a 25-person field and especially get through Kamala Harris and uh, the white, uh, the, the whole identity politics black woman. She's the next person up. But if you take on Joe Biden, you could be the guy. Like, I, if I were the governor of Colorado right now, and I were a Democrat, I would announce that I would go right after Joe Biden. What do you care? Because you're what undermining. Do you you're undermining a sitting Democratic president. That's not so? how this. I don't care. RFK Jr. tried, and that guy, you know, no one even hears what he has to say anymore these days. I'm just being honest. I mean, it's just not. Yeah, but you're already the governor. If you lose to Joe Biden, you're not the president. You're not the president anyway. Like, I I think I have a higher risk tolerance than most people. Let's be honest. I probably do. But also, if you already have something, you're not even risking anything. How do you, we talk all the time, who loses from running for president? You might upset a few people, but most people are going to agree with you. I just I see this as a no-brainer as all of these Biden gaffes keep 
compounding. And I agree with you, Buck. I think there's no way Biden's going to step down to beat the. You, you got to knock the king out. To be the king, you got to beat the king. No, nobody on the Democrat side is just going to decide to do that. That's going to be taken of, seriously. What a bunch of uh, pussy willows they all just, are. I mean, they got a president, and they want him to do four more years. I, I don't know. I, I, I view, they view this as just a raw exercise of power. I, I don't think, uh, and and going up against an incumbent from your own party. And the truth is, most of the people that were excited about RFK Jr. were Republicans. <laughs> okay, so that's why that didn't get very far in the Democrat Party. But anyway, we can come back to this. What do you all think? 800-282-2882. That old adage from Las Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, has proven to be untrue because of, well, some cyber hackers. Two casino and resort companies in Las Vegas, Caesars Entertainment and MGM Resorts, suffered data breaches earlier this month in a big, bad way. All that data may now have left Vegas for the dark web, often the place that this kind of stolen info goes to get sold to cyber thieves. Think of all the Social Security and driver's license numbers of millions of Americans potentially compromised. If that's you, how do you protect yourself? It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Protecting your online identity is easy with LifeLock. Their online systems look for evidence that someone is using your info online without your permission. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like new accounts being opened with your social security number. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. That's an incredible time saver. Join LifeLock today and save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. 
It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got uh, an update here on Dress Code Gate. Um, And as we all know, Fetterman has presided now in a... I guess you'd call it a casual wear shirt. Is that is that fair to say? Casual wear shirt. He was I, on the Senate yeah. I don't floor. even know. I'm not a. I'm not an expert on uh, on what you would how you would define uh, shirts. But yes, like a fishing shirt or something. I, I don't. And I, don't I am. It. I'm going to say I'm fine with wearing shorts whenever one feels like wearing shorts. For those of you who are upset at Clay for saying shorts in the winter don't make sense. Uh, you know, you 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 get to set your own temperature. I wear hoodies I inside now sometimes because I'm a Floridian and I have no. Ability to regulate my body temperature like I used to. So I will throw down guy who wears shorts when it's twenty degree, twenty degrees outside is trying too hard. All right, just maybe, wear pants you know, like a maybe normal. Maybe he person. just likes the fresh air. I don't. I don't know why you got to give him such a hard time. But point being, Clay, that we have a defector for the Democrat side. Dick Durbin, Senator Durbin, has said that he agrees. Right, he agrees with the. Um, I'm sorry would agree with the decision to keep the dress code in place. He disagrees with removing the dress code. I saw a good uh, question. I I would like to give credit to whoever said it. Um, I think it was maybe Glenn Beck. Said for 200 years we have a dress code in place, and suddenly Fetterman is so incredible as a senator that we need to change 200 years of tradition so that he can be in shorts and uh, a hoodie. Uh, presiding over the Senate. I think that's I think that's well said. I think there should be a vote. I think senators should vote on this. Uh, one of our Clay and Buck VIP members wrote to us this week saying they'd taken advantage of the latest offer from MyPillow and wanted to let us know the deal was unbelievably good. They bought queen-size percal sheets from MyPillow for just $35 a set, and the team at MyPillow continues to offer one great deal after another. In this case, 60% off. Queen-size sheets, $35. Twin-size sheets, just $25. Both with the promo code Clay and Buck. You are going to love this. Very limited supply, so now's the time to stock up for the whole family. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get the MyPillow percal sheets. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. That's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Code Clay and Buck. Do it today. We're talking about the Biden situation in general. 
um, as there are reports that he repeated himself with very detailed storytelling within a couple of uh, minutes of each other. Um, And obviously yesterday, Merrick Garland was testifying. There's a new poll out, Buck, uh, from Yahoo News slash YouGov. So this is not RepublicansAreAwesome.com or DemocratsAreAwesome.com polling, right? Uh, Just I think they're idea is this is relatively a nonpartisan uh, entity with Yahoo and YouGov. Here's something interesting that I actually am encouraged by. 48% of Americans now say the president did something illegal regarding Hunter Biden. While just 31% say he didn't, 21% say they aren't sure. That's a big plus 17 on whether the president did something illegal with Joe Biden. 85%, by the way, of Republicans. 54% of independents believe it. Uh, 64% of Democrats say he did nothing unlawful. 41% of Americans say Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business. Only 31% say he was not. 43% say Joe Biden made money off Hunter while 28% said he didn't. And again, these are a lot of numbers, but these are all very bad for Joe Biden. 47% of Americans said Joe Biden and his family are corrupt. Only 33% said Biden's family is not corrupt. Why do I share all these numbers? It can be frustrating. It sometimes takes a long time for majorities to reach a conclusion that many of you out there listening to us reached a long time ago. But a lot of people still don't have an opinion. If impeachment happens, and more and more media are forced to cover the Joe and Hunter Biden collusion, I believe, of a criminal nature, I think that also starts to really add body blows to Joe Biden's ability to run in 2024, Buck. These are these are big numbers, and this also starts to put Democrat media. We're going to talk about the Washington Post and how dishonest they are at the top of the next hour with a story that's gone viral. But suddenly the Washington Post and the New York Times, they're not as comfortable carrying water for Joe Biden when they're in the substantial minority arguing that there's nothing to see here. So these numbers, again, this is Yahoo and YouGov just came out. You've seen CNN start to talk about it. I think Joe Biden's in trouble over the Hunter Biden connection. Politically, for sure. uh, And I think this is only going to grow. It's clearly a problem. Um, But it, it all has to be put in the context of, okay, what happens now? It's a problem, but we have to put this in the context of what is the pitch going to be about why you should vote for Biden over Donald Trump. They're going to, there's not going to be a criminal conviction. Okay. That, that's for sure of Joe Biden. That's not happening. First of all, he's president. I don't even think they could if they wanted to, but no one's bringing an indictment against Joe, uh, against Joe Biden. His son is obviously under indictment for the, uh, the gun charge stuff. They're just going to say that that has and that actually does have nothing to do with Joe Biden. Those charges have nothing yep. to do with Joe Biden. So they're going to try to create this wall of separation. You're saying, OK, they're going to unveil all this stuff in the uh, House hearings, which is true. They will do that. But 
What are the Democrats going to say about everything that comes out of those House hearings? They're going to say, this is partisan, this is just to take away from the indictments against Trump and all, and all this sort of thing. So look, is it going to hurt? Yeah, but is it going to make a difference is really the question, right? Does it hurt? Yes. Does it look bad for Joe Biden? For sure. Is it bad enough that it it will almost certainly cost him the election? I wouldn't go that far. Not based on what we're seeing. First of all, the polls don't reflect that right now. I mean, it's, you know, one or two points, Biden or Trump, depending on which poll you look at. So, you know, now you're talking about whether the 1% of voters who are going to make the determination about who wins this upcoming election, do they care that much about this without there being more? I mean, people are going to say there already are smoking gun things. Yeah, but. You know, unless you get Joe Biden on video saying Hunter kicks back, you know, a million dollars to me from China while he's vice president, by the way, anything that would occur after he's vice president, they'll explain away and say that's just D.C. being D.C. influence peddling. He will have to have been in office and explicitly offering quid pro quo and taking money. And you're, I don't think you're going to find that on tape. I don't think they were that reckless. I, so, I am. Yeah, opt- it hurts, but. I'm optimistic. Again, it's not going to surprise anybody listening because. For a long time, I felt like talking about Joe and Hunter Biden's corruption was like screaming at the clouds, and it was as if nothing was happening. And then it feels to me like you you disagree with that. Like I, I, I would talk to people and they would have no clue that Hunter Biden was corrupt or that the rig job had happened. I mean, I think I think people know, but I I also think that. You know, Hillary Clinton would have won the 2016 election were it not for Jill Stein being a third party candidate. And Hillary set up a secret server and had over a hundred, you know, classified espionage act violations. That's just a matter of fact. Yeah. And they did not care. People yeah. did not care. Well, and I think that's not, the never scary. mind the Clinton, the Clinton foundation. So the Clinton foundation's wildly, uh, you know, gross. The, and, and there's the, all kinds the of scary corruption. thing here is that. We have in many ways, this is where we agree, I'm optimistic we can come through it, but we have in many ways created a consequence-free political arena, by which I mean there are nothing, you aren't held responsible for anything. I mean, we can't even get a guy to wear pants on the Senate floor. Uh, That we could create a situation where Democrats got everything manifestly wrong on COVID, and none of them lost their jobs, and many of them won with higher majorities, suggests that we are living in a post-fact world where many people make up their mind on an issue, decide that they're on a team, and it's just like being a sports fan, and it doesn't matter what your team does, you will defend them to the end of the earth. I think that's true. That's the world that we're living in right now. When I see data like this, I am cautiously optimistic that we are starting to see a it register because I also saw this um, and I, I flagged this on the polling in the same way, Buck, uh, the percentages out there of people who are trust in the government is at a 70 year low. Uh, this is from Axios. Just 16 percent of Americans say they trust the government. How does that change? I don't think we can go lower than 16 percent. Um, I think people have to wake up and I'm cautiously optimistic. I understand some of you out there aren't. I'm cautiously optimistic that people are starting to wake up and realize. Um, I think there are a lot of signposts out there. The question is, can it all be brought together by the time we get to 2024? Um, I think it can. 
I like your optimism over a year out from the election, I will say. I I'm going to be optimistic. It. Here's the truth. I'm going to be optimistic the day before the election. I'm going to be optimistic the week before the election, the month before the... Because if, if you... If I am not convinced that we can make the world better, then I would just be like, peace out, I'm headed to the Caribbean. <laughs> and I will just... And some people are doing that. I was talking to a rich guy the other day, uh, and he was. I was like, "What are you? What are you planning for the future?" He's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm getting citizenship on like I don't know, it was like uh, Malta or something." He's like, "I've got a great beachfront property. I think we're all screwed. I'm just gonna go smoke cigars and drink wine on the beach and live out the next thirty years of my life and have a good time." And I was like, "All right, there are some people out there with resources who think we're so eternally screwed." Have you paid attention to this? The number of guys who were just buying like passports for Caribbean islands and just saying, hey, we're done. We're $33 trillion in debt. This place is going to burn. I'm headed to the beach, and I'm just going to watch it from there. There are some of these people. I'm not, not, a lot lot of these, not a lot of these people. They get written up in stories. I don't think there's that much of that going on. Well, there's on. not that many people rich enough to just say peace out, right? I mean, that's a relatively small percentage of people, and then you buy your own passport. And then you become a citizen of you know one of these uh, one of these island Caribbean nations, and then you just say, "Hey, you know, the world's screwed. America's done. I'm just going to have a good final thirty years." That's what I think. On some level, that's what I would do if I really thought that. I'd just be like, "I'm done. Let's peace out. Have a good life." And unfortunately, watch the world burn, which is what Joe Biden's doing. Indeed. Do you? Have I think I've got. I think I've got. I think I've got. But yeah, I've got a read here. But I think. Do you have I a think read? I've no, got, I'm, yeah, I'm waiting got, for you to do a read. I'm just. I'm like, what? What? What do you want me to say? <laughs> go, I think. I think. Yeah, I think. I think you're. I think you're. Uh, you're nervous now. 14 months out. I'm telling you, Buck. We're gonna win. And we're gonna win big. Uh, cell phone service. One of the things you just automatically assume is going to work 24/7. Pure Talk did something very cool this summer. They upgraded the data on everybody's plan by 50 percent without any price increases at all. Great news for new and current Pure Talk customers. Not only did the data increase, but they're now adding a mobile hotspot with each plan. Also, no price increases whatsoever. Pure Talk's plan, just 20 bucks a month for unlimited talk text. Now, 50% more 5G data plus a mobile hotspot, just 20 bucks a month. Most families saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dow Pound, 250 say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk today, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, Pound 250, say Clay and Buck, make the switch to Pure Talk today. We're going to take. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. 
Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some of your calls here, 800-282-2882. And let's see what we've got here. We have uh, David in Little Falls, Minnesota. David, how you doing? Doing good, guys. I'll explain in 60 seconds the psychology behind your average Democrat voter. I'm 62. I've trained horses, raised horses since I was 16 years old. Um, there's two dynamics at work with these, these individuals. Uh, well, the one thing that a horse fears more than anything is being driven out of the herd. They're herd animals. Democrats are herd animals. Regardless of the foolishness of the herd, um, they still prefer hiding among the numbers of the herds for their relative safety. The second dynamic is, and it can't be overlooked, is the spite factor. Um, you know, I've never met a happy liberal. They might put on a good show, but they're at their core, they're miserable. Um, and they're not happy unless they can share that misery. So I came up with a term called subconsciously suicidal. These are the individuals that will steer the ship into the iceberg on purpose, knowing it means their own demise, as long as it means the demise of everyone else on the ship. Um, and they'll go, that's the whole mentality of burn it all down, man. Um, they'll go down with the ship as long as it means taking everyone down with them. So that, that sums it up. I know y'all asked the question, what drives these fools seeing the chaos around them and still voting Democrats? Well, that's it. They're herd animals, and they're subconsciously suicidal. Full. Okay. Um, Clay? Yeah, look, I, I think um, as you as you sort of analyze what's going on, I, I just come back again and again to... 
from a purely rational perspective, I don't think Democrats can rationally defend Joe Biden, given his clear mental deficiencies. And so the only thing that makes sense is there has to be, in some way, an alternative. And I just keep coming back to that. And, and, and I don't know the process by which that plays itself out, but I think it would require someone who has an existing office and a decent office to be willing to say, I'll take on Joe Biden. I'm just surprised by the fear of the, the Biden administration or the Democrat Party policy power. I, I, I don't understand it because everything comes down to probability. And the fewer people that are trying to win something, the better your chances are of winning that. Uh, if you told me tomorrow I could be the only person who was buying lottery tickets for a $300 million lottery, I would feel pretty good about it. If you told me there were only four people buying tickets, I would feel great about it. So if there's only three or four people running, and you're by far the most reasonable of those people other than Biden, it seems to me you would have a chance. And 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 it, the herd mentality argument that he's making is an interesting one, but it, it to me seems governed very much by fear, and I don't know what you're afraid of. Bernie Walt, Sanders ran an insurgent campaign, so did Trump. Walt in Pennsylvania. Well, there was those were open, right? I mean, those were open elections, like those were in primaries. Yeah, you're not I running mean, against, it, but you're not nobody against but, somebody. But when Trump came down the, the elevator in 2015, he was probably the most ridiculed of all of the candidates that sure. were deciding to run. But it was a Republican primary. It wasn't, I'm going to be president instead of George W. Bush, who's going for his second term. Like, that would be a comparable. But, yeah, but there was, I mean, Teddy Kennedy challenged uh, Jimmy Carter in 76, right? And and he killed a woman and still so do, made, do a, think, made a go of it. Do you think this is actually going to happen? Because we need we need to stake bet this one at this point. You actually think someone's going to try to run without the party behind them against Joe Biden in a way that is meaningful? Yes, I feel like somebody has... The, the, all of the... Again, all of life is about probability. All right, stake bet. There you go. All of life's about bet. probability. Yeah. I mean, J, J, uh, RFK Jr. does not count, okay? We got to have somebody who's... I get it. That's why I'm saying Marianne Williamson and RFK Jr. are the only two people who are willing to do it. Somebody, they have to be having meetings right now. Somebody is talking to Gretchen Whitmer and saying, if you don't run in 24, you're going to be running against Kamala in 28. You're going to have no chance. You're going to run for president in 32. You might not be alive in 32. I just, I can't imagine that these conversations are not taking place with Gavin Newsom, with Jared Polis, with uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Heck, I, I don't know, with uh, Elizabeth Warren. Somebody's got to be having meetings right now secretly talking about how bad Biden is and whether or not now is the time to jump in and actually challenge because you have to do it in the next month or two. Yeah. Walt in Pennsylvania. Walt, what do you think? Hey, guys, I don't know. I was listening to you. I love the show earlier. And you said about um, letting these guys come in, forcing these immigrants to come into like states of Pennsylvania like mine which is more corrupt than you can imagine. But why would you allow that to happen when it, because Shapiro just passed the law that he's going to, when you sign up for a driver's license, you're going to be registered to vote automatically unless you opt out, I believe. I don't know all the specifics, but that's it. So right then and there, when they start giving a lot of these liberal states give out these driver's license to illegals, then they're registered to vote, correct? Well, no, they, they don't register. It's it's uh, the voter motor registration law. You have to 
you have to be a, a citizen. I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't do it. You know, you couldn't try to people that mess with the system, but it's not legal to. You're not you're not registering to vote if you're not actually a citizen. Or at least you're not supposed to. I think 23 states have this already. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of people who are citizens that are just not registered to vote. That's the idea, is most people have to get driver's license. Uh, but to his point, I mean, 2020 was certainly the ultimate test case for what can we do to get as many ballots harvested as possible. And if you looked at Fetterman's win in 2022, does anybody think, for instance, in Pennsylvania, that they're going to be less aggressive in getting people signed up to vote in 2024? Of course not. There'll probably be more. Republicans have to be just as aggressive. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 